wrestling a bear. <laughs> that is how I would compare my walk with faith. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk to you about my faith journey. Lost, spiritually tired and frustrated, angry and done. These are all emotions I have felt on this walk, and I'm going to guess you have too. I've heard some say that your ministry is found where you've been broken. Your testimony is where you've been restored. In this special episode, we're going to talk openly about both and where I was broken and how I was restored in Jesus. You are not alone on your walk. Let's jump in. Shelby Hosfield, artist, writer, and follower of Jesus. I spent years turning my back on him after leaving the church, but he never gives up on us. Dear beautiful girl, here we are finding the truth we never had, identity in who God truly says we are, and a genuine faith after leaving the church. We are answering tough questions, diving into Bible truths, discovering how to live in faith in a way that overflows our hearts with joy, and listening to gorgeous transformation stories from real-world gals. This is the Sunday School you wish you had. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. Dear beautiful girl, I wanted to talk to you today from the bottom of my heart. This is a special episode where I am really just going to bear it all. I wanted to talk to you, beautiful girl, who is wrestling with your faith. You have wondered what faith even is, why some people just seem to have it, why you just don't. You have been angry at religion, angry at church, angry at those who lied to you, angry possibly at God for the truth. Dear beautiful girl, I wanted to talk to you The girl who has left everything you knew about God behind and is desperately looking for the truth. Something we heard a lot, right? The truth. What is true if the church is not true? What is true then? If that isn't, then what is? Beautiful girl, I am talking to you. The girl that doesn't know how to do this God thing with her kids. You know that shoving religion down their throat is not what you want. Raising them in a lie is not what you want. Pushing belief on them will just make them feel like you did as a kid, hating that feeling of guilt. But you also don't want them feeling like you do now. Searching. Lost. Beautiful girl, I am talking to you. The one that is ready to finally find faith, live faith, and eventually give faith to find your faith journey, your truth. But you don't know where to start. Maybe you're fine where you're at. You say, perhaps we are all just energy. And this world has proven science wins out. Religion was never fun, so why try? I've been there too. But you're here, aren't you? You're listening to me today. (laughs) Which means that since you clicked on this, or you're listening to this, that means there is a glimmer of hope for faith still left inside of you. You're still searching. You're still on that road of trying to find that truth. And guess what? God, Jesus, the Christ, never gives up on you. And faith is peace, love, and joy. So if you feel guilt, anger, boredom, frustration, if you're spiritually tired, your walk in faith is just beginning. That's good news, right? And I'm so happy you are here. I have been on a lifelong spiritual journey. In the last year, I learned what true surrender is. And I'm going where he leads me. And today, he has led me here to you. 
All those things, the restless heart, I have felt them too. I have been there and now I'm here. And Jesus was the peace in the middle. So this is my testimony. It's not the testimony that you get up and say at each Fast and Testimony meeting. This is not testimony about church or a person. I'd like to bear my testimony. I know this church is true. That is not this kind of testimony. This is my story of how God did not give up on me. How even when I thought he wasn't listening, he always was. This is how he saved me. This is my story about Jesus, about surrender, a lot of tears, and so much prayer. And I want to share with you how I went from lost to finally finding faith above. I get a bit conflicted, I admit, about saying I was raised Mormon. To be honest, my house did not look like other LDS houses. I'm not one of the huge line of descendants. My dad was a convert and my mom never joined the church. My friends in the church all did family home evenings and temple trips. My parents fought like the Dickens in God's name. To give you a little backstory, my parents were young, unexpected parents. My mom was offered the money to have it, me, taken care of when she became pregnant at 18. And thank God, she declined. My dad had a ticket in hand to a fancy job and a ticket home to be a dad. He decided to be a dad. My parents were young, they made mistakes, and they tried their hardest in the right and all the wrong ways. But one thing I never questioned was that I was loved. Neither having come from stable homes, they were both determined to break that cycle and family meant everything to them and it still does. My dad was a partier, <laughs> so I've heard at least. It's hard to imagine since uh, uh, he has not had a drink in almost 37 years. I am 39 while recording this podcast, so I just gave my age away. When I was two, with me jumping on him after a late night with tequila um, and Mormon missionaries at their door, my dad converted to the LDS church. My mom was confused. She had been raised Catholic and had been attending a non-denominational church. She went through multiple sets of missionaries, but in the end, my mom will never be a Mormon. She will never join the Mormon church. Um, but they're still married, which is very different and uh, probably not like a lot of other people out there because it's really hard to do that. And they did, which is amazing. They still fight over religion, still love each other, and they still will never agree. And this is how I grew up one foot in and one foot out. My sister and I went to church with my dad every Sunday. I never fit in. I was reminded my mom would not be able to attend my wedding. My family would not be together in the afterlife on a regular basis. I was told these things. At eight, LDS kiddos are baptized and I couldn't do it. Who do you make happy? Mom or dad? Uh, do I continue to just be an outcast at church or do I join the club? I had two sets of missionaries come and explain the LDS gospel to me. I prayed every night. I cried. I hid how much this upset me. I was mad that God would not just tell me the church was true. Why would he not just tell me so that I could just join and get it over with? At 10, I decided to just do it because I was sick of being an outcast. My mom cried. My dad was so happy. My grandma gave me a crucifix necklace as a congratulations because she was Catholic. And this made sense to her. I couldn't tell her that the LDS don't believe in crosses. I did not know God. I think that's one of the biggest things that I know about this young time in my life is that I did not know Jesus. We didn't read the Bible. I didn't know his word. I just went through the motions. I knew the stories of the Book of Mormon. I knew 
basics of God, but I can honestly say I had no real relationship with him other than me crying myself to sleep at night, trying to convince God to tell me (laughs) that something was true. And God doesn't work that way. Just like the five stages of grief that people go through with loss, I am convinced that those who leave the Mormon church go through stages of grief as well. I think I had convinced myself that I always had one foot out the door and that maybe I wasn't really ever Mormon uh, because I had so much doubt. But as I've gotten older and the more people that I've talked to who are part of the church, even people who are in it like lifers, like they their families have been in it forever and ever, I realized that... Um, that doubt is fairly normal and I think many people kind of have one foot out the door without actually saying that. Um, I still deal with parts though that are confusing um, because these stages of guilt and overcoming and frustration and anger and sadness and happiness, all these different stages are pretty big parts of leaving something that is Uh, such a strong hold over you socially, mentally, everything else. I'll go over these stages of grief in a later episode. I'm going to go over that pretty in depth, I think, because it really is something that so many people, even years and years after leaving, deal with uh, these stages of trying to get over things. But at this stage in my own faith journey, after I was a young kid and decided that I was going to leave at 18, I went through the first stage. And the first stage is when you decide to leave everything you've ever known about God, you basically have a bit of a brain explosion. (laughs) We humans are wired to believe in a higher being. And when you realize all you have ever known about this is a lie, well, your brain kind of explodes. With it comes anger and major frustration. My first mini explosion came senior year of high school in world history. Thank you, Mr. Bear, for just teaching the facts. I said my last prayers, I would say, for a while at this time. And then I had a dream at this time. And it's still like, if I close my eyes even now, I can still see it. And it was just so weird. Like one of those dreams that was just like, wow, like, oof. Um, I had a dream that I went to the local supermarket, um, Jewel Osco <laughs> was at the time, um, and everybody was saying, Jesus is here, go see him. Excitedly, I ran in, I looked everywhere, and I couldn't find him. Uh, they told me, don't you know, he's in the fruit section where he bears fruit. I saw him, but I didn't recognize him. He seemed to know me, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't recognize him. But I felt his peace. I felt my restless heart. I didn't read the Bible. I didn't understand the references to fruit (laughs) until, honestly, even just a couple years ago did I understand the whole weird reference to fruit. I think it's so crazy how God speaks to you. But why the fruit section? I didn't understand much of the dream, but it rocked me. Finally, after all those years of prayer, God spoke to me. I didn't understand it for a while, so I just kind of left. And I think that's one of the big stages of leaving the church as well is uh, 85% of people who leave the church, roughly 85%, leave God altogether. Because how can you believe in something if everything you've been told you no longer believe? Uh, it kind of rocks your world. Um, in college, I would say, were my godless years. 
I just kind of checked out and decided, you know what, I don't really want to deal with this right now. And uh, God was absent from my life. Well, he wasn't ever absent. I was absent from talking to him. When my husband and I got married, my dad asked if I would ever consider getting married in the church. We got married on a golf course by a female non-denominational preacher I found on the internet. I wanted no part of God. And I think that was the last time that my dad and I actually really talked about the church. And then we got pregnant with our first baby. It was undeniable. I felt his soul with me. There was a God. Of course there was a God. How? It was undeniable. He was with me. God was with me and this baby's soul was with me. Over the next few years, I bounced around between the different stages. I would try to open my heart and attend other churches. I would read bits of the Bible occasionally. I dabbled in new age worldly spiritual stuff like a new earth with Eckhart Tolle and Buddhism. I spent a lot of time in the anger disprove stage where I furiously read the CES letter and the history of Joseph Smith. I want to say here that I do not believe this stage to be healthy. It does not bring faith. It does not ease the pain. It does not help you to know God and make him known. But is it necessary? I'm still on the fence about that. I would say that I had to officially say or put that little bit of doubt in my mind that maybe they're right. I had to put that to bed. And so some of that whole disprove stuff just had to be done. Uh, I don't think it's healthy to stay here, though, because um, it does not help you to gain more faith in Jesus in the right way. It just helps you to put all that other stuff to bed. I spent a lot of time here, though. I spent a lot of time for about 13 years. I bounced around in here, grasping at truths, faithless and spiritually frustrated, uh, sometimes happy with things, sometimes just searching for other things. My guess is, since you're listening to this, is that you are possibly here now. You're searching. You're looking for the truth. Something concrete to hold on to. As great as my parents were when it came to family and love, they don't get the God thing when it came to us kids. I'm not complaining. It's just part of my story. And if it all hadn't happened the way that it did, I wouldn't be here being able to help you possibly move forward in your faith journey today. So where is here, though? Where did all these years lead me? And why did everything change? Why do I have so much faith right now that it is just running over? It all came down to my kids. It, it always will. With my kids, I gave pieces of God. Uh, but because admittedly, I did not understand how to share God with my kids and did not have genuine faith in Jesus on my own, we just coasted. We had love and expectations and a beautiful life, but no solid faith foundation. This world can be ugly, and with a screen in every hand, the devil has every ability to attack like never before. I let evil in my home. Let's just say it for what it is. I let evil in my home, and he preyed on my daughter. And unbeknownst to me, this evil had convinced her to believe the worst things about herself. She had no idea that God had made her more beautiful than she could ever understand. That she was a unique child of God and he loved her just as he created her. She hadn't been taught to put on the armor of God or that he knit her in my womb just as he wanted her. My kids had love. They had lots of love. But they didn't know God's love. And frankly, neither did I. Let's just be honest. Neither did I. My kids are like my heart walking around outside of my body. And honestly, my heart was broken. 
I was devastated. I was devastated. I could not believe that I had let this happen. And I did something I had not done in years. Maybe ever, if I'm really honest. I prayed to God. To the real God. The Alpha and the Omega, the sovereign creator of this earth. The three in one Jesus love and I flat out surrendered. I never knew what that meant when people would say that they had surrendered to Jesus, that they had let everything go. It made me really uncomfortable. I did not understand what that meant. What do you mean that you surrender? This world today has an obsession with self-help and telling us girls over and over, you are strong, you can do anything, you are enough, you are in charge. The religion that I had been brought up in had told me over and over again that it was up to me. I had to do the works. My salvation, my goodness was based on me. All the self-help gurus, all the world had told me repeatedly, it's all up to me. And I believed them. I had believed that for forever, that it was all on my shoulders. And here I was for the first time in my whole life realizing I can't. I was not enough. I couldn't fix this. I could not do this. What was happening, I was not capable of fixing. But God could. We've all heard it. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But do we listen to it? I hadn't. I hadn't really understood what that meant. I, I took it as that means that I can do. I can do all the things. I can do all things. I can do all the things. But that's not what it says. It says I can do all things through him who gives me strength on my own. I do not have that strength. On my own, I cannot do all of that. On my own, I cannot do. But with him, I can do all things. That is what surrender is, is when you realize that without him, you will never be enough. But with him, you are everything. Because he believes you are everything in this world. And when you surrender to him and you say, I can't figure this out anymore. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this better or how to fix this or what I'm doing. But I surrender it to you, God. I surrender it to your will. Amazing things happen. And amazing things did happen. As I sat there at 2.30 in the morning and just bore my heart out and cried and prayed and cried and I felt Jesus's peace and he told me it's going to be okay. He told me it's going to be okay. And I had to believe that. And from then on, I just trusted every time that he told me to do something as crazy as it sounded, I just trusted and I did it. And he told me to do some crazy things. <laughs> he, 
He told me to call a childhood friend who I had not spoken to, and in fact, we really didn't always get along that great, but he told me to call her. And I did. And she loves the Lord, and she brought me so much closer to him, and she helped my daughter, and she helped me find a way to help her. He told me to do a Bible study with her, and I learned so much about Jesus. And he told me to read the Bible, and I do. I read the Bible every day. I read the Bible. He told me to do homeschool. Now that was crazy because if you had told me that I was going to homeschool, I would have told you you're nuts, but I did it. I did a homeschool program that was a Christian homeschool program with my beautiful daughter and oh my goodness, it changed everything. That was probably the craziest thing next to this podcast. (laughs) This podcast, he told me to do this podcast that I needed to help you. I needed to help you, beautiful girl. And I'm here because he told me that. He brought people into my life. He brought an amazing youth group into my daughter's life. And the more I trust and just surrender, the more he just keeps giving. I have faith. I have real faith beyond measure. And I have faith and a peace and a joy that I can't describe. I want to go to church. Now that is an amazing thing because I can honestly tell you, never in my entire young life did I ever once want to go to church. I actually want to go to church. Now I go to women's conferences and everything else. I go to, I listen to sermons on a regular basis. This is like my joy now is just eating up everything that I feel like I have missed over these years because God is good. Beautiful girl, I am talking to you today because I truly believe that God wants us to know him and then he also wants us to make him known. This is my story. God never gave up on me. I understand about the fruit section now. (laughs) He was talking to me the whole time. And the reason why he didn't answer my prayers as a kid is because he didn't want those things for me. He wanted this faith journey for me. And he did hear me. And he patiently waited for me. And guess what? He's patiently waiting for you too. He is there for you, girlfriend. He is listening to all the things that have happened to you and through you in your life. And he is patiently waiting because he loves you. Praise Jesus. And you can do all things through him because he strengthens you. Now I need to say something super important here. This faith did not come without some work. I pray that first night of me on my knees was not my last. There was a lot more. But the works that I did, that works is not for your salvation. No, that is grace. Our salvation is through grace. But the work that I did was to feed my soul. And as you are finding faith, you are going to need to do the work as well, but not for you. You're going to need to listen. Listen to where God is pointing you and obediently do as he wants you to do because that is where that joy lies but it's not for your salvation it's for your joy for your peace in your heart for that faith the mormon church put a lot of emphasis on feelings with me as a child pray and you will know the church is true if you don't pray harder but there was never an emphasis on the word the true word The Bible repeatedly says to lean not on our own understanding. And the heart is fickle. 
and feelings are fickle. But the word of God is truth. And guess what the word of God is? That's the Bible. That's the Bible. Yes, I prayed. I prayed a lot and I listened a lot. But the Bible is what gave me most of my direction. His word is how he speaks to us. So we are going to dive into that in the next episode because you may have been told not to trust the Bible like I was. Uh, I had been taught that it had been translated like a game of telephone over and over again, that it was super far from its original version, and that its words were not necessarily accurate or to be trusted. That's why we needed additional books, right? But that's not the truth. The Bible's amazing, and that is really where a lot of faith is uh, rooted in. So we are going to jump into that. That's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. I cannot tell you how happy I am that you showed up to listen today. Finding Faith Above was created out of my experiences with God's direction to help others find truth, identity, and faith after leaving the church. Check the show notes to find out more on this episode and to find resources, art, and words to inspire and guide your faith journey. Visit FindingFaithAbove.com.